0: An elite edition of the Behind the You podcast. We are joined by men's basketball player, Jordan Miller. Jordan, thanks for doing this.
1: Yes, sir. Anytime. I appreciate you for having me on. You might be our first commencement
0: speaker to be on the podcast. (laughs) I'm glad I could be the first. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Now, you've already knocked out a couple of smiles. They say you're always smiling. Where
1: does that come from? I'm just grateful, you know, for life. Blessed, you know, being able to play basketball, the sport I love, you know, attend a good university. You know, thankful for the opportunities that, you know, God's presented me. I just try to, you know, have a positive, optimistic outlook on life. So, you know, I feel like a smile, you know, may cheer other people up. And they say it's hard to be upset when you smile. So, you know, I'm a big believer in that. So, you know, the smile is just a smile.
0: This is going to sound a little corny, but your dentist or Orthodox someone did a good job. I mean, you got no gaps, nothing. That's a good smile right there. I <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Hey, I want to hit you with a couple of things real quick. If you play for Coach L, you have to know what ACC stands for. And I'm not talking Atlantic Coast Conference. So can you tell me what ACC stands for?
1: Yeah, um, attitude, commitment, and class. You know, that's... Something. Aced it. You aced it. <laughs> so what does that mean to you? I feel like it's just how you carry yourself on and off the court. Having that right attitude, you know, even when things aren't going well. Um, being able to, you know, put that aside and kind of like I mentioned earlier, be grateful for things, you know, have a positive attitude, and outlook, um, commitment, you know, whatever you do, be 100% all in, um, maybe even 110% all in, and, you know, just give it your all, you know, if you give something your undivided attention, you know, you should be able to succeed uh, with whatever it is. And then class, you know, the way you carry yourself, being able to, you know, present yourself in a clean You know, just a a good way. So people, you know, you're a reflection of the program at the end of the day. Some little kids look up to you and being able to, you know, wear things like the U or the University of Miami on your chest, you know, comes with a lot of responsibility.
0: I assume most people know this, but just in case they don't, obviously you've come to Miami via George Mason. And obviously there's a ginormous connection between George Mason and our university. So from your time there, how much of a legend is Coach L? Like when you were there on campus, he
1: is how well known? Man, you know, he, he's he was still the talk around campus when I was there. You know, he's a tremendous coach. Led him to the Final Four in 2006. Uh, the banner hangs loud and proud, and Eagle Bank Arena, um, you know, and that's something that he was able to bring success to a program that didn't necessarily have success before then. So all the fans, uh, I got really close with the fans. So before I even came to Miami, they were talking to me about Coach L how good of a person he is and how he cares for players and stuff like that but I, he definitely left a legacy at George Mason. Funny
0: you just mentioned that that you made friends with a lot of the fans. I've read that about you that you like went above and beyond and out of your way to connect with fans, arena staff, etc. Why?
1: I feel like there's a lot that goes into the basketball game, you know, like you can look at it from a broad perspective where it's like okay, two teams just come, they play, who wins, someone wins, someone loses, go home. But you know, there's a lot of people that don't get the credit for like staff, security, who put a lot of their time and effort into getting, you know, this thing prepared, the game prepared, the broadcasters, you know, just the little things that people don't see. And I just wanted them to know, you know, I appreciate them. It's just nice building relationships. You mentioned broadcasters.
0: I hope you take care of my man Joe Zagaki.
1: Love Joe Z. Joe
0: Z is a legend. He is a legend. He is a legend. Have you ever heard him call? Like, I I know,
1: obviously, in the moment you don't hear, but have you ever heard any of the calls back? Uh Uh-huh. So one time, actually, last year, before I believe it was a tournament game, Coach L, he played us like a little highlight video. I believe Josie was with us and uh, it was Josie, you know, kind of calling out the game and stuff like that. So I got to hear it loud and everything is great. Uh, He always loves to pull guys aside and give them some advice. So has he ever pulled you aside at a shoot around? For sure. Uh, Me and Josie have a really good relationship. Um, I was on NBC6 News kind of towards the summer and Josie actually connected me to Ruthie, who runs that whole thing, her and Giselle. So Josie's looked out for me. You know, the relationship's great. He has tremendous advice. Love that, man.
0: When you
1: think of great football and baseball, you think about the
0: you. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lobovic Law Group. At Lobovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lobovic. Lobovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you! You mentioned NBC six, so we'll just get to it now. You and I actually saw it doing NBC six. You were kind of like guest analyst last year. I think it was for the Heat Finals, if I'm not mistaken. So obviously, you just said Josie helped put that together. But is that something you wanted? Did you try and inquire to do that? Did they inquire to you? Had that all come
1: to be? Uh, I would say it's about 50-50. fifty. I'm a communications major, so it kind of worked out perfectly. I was interested in potentially, you know, going into that field something i could do post basketball you know because the ball is going to stop bouncing at some point so you know ruthie and josie talked and then josie was like would you be interested and i was like for sure you know and i got that experience and then how was it it was cool like being able to be in there and see everything that goes behind what we see like just regular audiences it, it honestly it blew my mind and it's definitely a lot different too, being on live tv oh yeah you better be ready a hundred percent. You know, there's no you can't slip up. You know, you can't record something and then you know they edit it out, and all whatever you say is what's going to be presented. But again, it was cool.
0: That's awesome. That is so much fun. So we talked about your time at George Mason, and one other thing that came up in getting ready for this is you actually weren't planning on leaving, correct? Correct. So what happened?
1: So I just finished my junior season, and one day, just a regular, you know, average day. Our head coach, Dave Paulson, he texted us and was like, we were going to have a Zoom call in 30 minutes. And us players are like, sheesh, you know, we didn't get a a warning or anything. This is like, you know, why in 30 minutes? You know, kind of foreshadowing what happened. To make a long story short, we get on the Zoom call and he told us he's been fired as our head coach. Um, He appreciated working with us, you know, the effort, time he put into everything. And I remember the feeling of my stomach dropping and you know, kind of being in this place of like, what's next, but also kind of digesting everything and taking everything in. You guys had no clue. No clue. You know, we were all shocked. We uh, talked about it afterwards, like this can't be real kind of thing. But you know, from there, it puts you back in real life. You know, nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's promised. So luckily, you know, it all worked out for me. Got connected with Coach L after I entered the transfer portal. How long did that take? Was that a hard decision? I would say it took about two weeks. First, you know, I just wanted to hear out from whoever wanted to reach out to me. University of Miami is the first school to reach out to me. And Coach L was the first coach to reach out to me. And what was so special about that was Coach L himself called me. And usually it's the assistants. And then, then you kind of get directed to the head coach. Now, nah, Coach L. You got to go, go through the process and procedure, right? The exactly. head man's waiting in the back room hundred percent. But in this scenario, coach L called me, you know, and so I'm like, well, sometimes hmm. you got to get stuff done, right? Exactly. And so, you know, that went a long way with me. And then obviously a zoom, zoom visit. Cause that's when COVID was, you know, still very prominent. And, um, you know, the rest was history. They really showed me that they cared that it, it was more about, you know, getting my education, becoming a better man than it was about basketball. And that's something me and my family really liked. And so, yeah, the rest is history. Did you ever visit? No. So I had like a Zoom visit because of COVID, but I never really got to physically be on campus. So you
0: could sense through a Zoom, whatever the connection was with Coach L and the staff.
1: Yeah. And I wasn't more so necessarily worried about feel. I I knew that if I had a good coaching staff that showed me that they cared, that they uh, wanted me to be successful, um, that, you know, the rest will come. Uh, I was going into my senior year or my fourth year. So I wasn't necessarily, you know, looking for like, oh, I want to go to this huge college, whatever, you know, university. It was more so a business decision for me.
0: And how quickly did you know from that conversation that, yeah, Coach is a guy I could play for?
1: I would say after the first conversation, honestly, I don't, I'm really not just saying that. I think the way he was able to tell me real things, but Coach L and, uh, you know, the rest of the coaching staff, Bill Courtney, Chris Caputo. They were just very straight up and blunt with me. And I appreciated that because you don't see that a lot anymore. All
0: right. So what's the name of the town you grew up in? Middleburg. Middleburg. I thought it was some
1: town with a P. Percival. Middleburg is where I grew up. Percival is where my high school was. I gotcha. Yeah. Small towns, right? Small towns, 100%.
0: So how did they compare
1: to Miami? I mean, it was night and day. You know, I've never been to Florida, um, let alone to Miami, before committing to Miami. So... A, it was a lot warmer. I remember getting off the plane and being like, whoa, it's like this all year round. I can get used to this. And two, I think the biggest thing was the lights were still on after 10 o'clock. Like where my home is at, it's like, you know, 10, 30. Shutting it down? Shutting it down. It's pretty much pitch black. And then being here and it's still seeming like it's seven o'clock at 10, 10 plus, you know, and just the speed of things, the lights, definitely night and day. Do you ever feel out of your element? Yes, I did. Especially the first like two weeks, I was I was cool with the team, but obviously you know the relationship needed to develop a little bit more. There was an adjustment period, but for the most part, the gym was always available. So you know that was kind of like my sanctuary. To is it what you were here in? The, were you here in the summer? Yeah, I was here in the summer, beginning of summer. Eventually, everything you know, I got settled in and everything was good.
0: You have a go to spot then here. You go there. You found a place that's yours. Restaurant place to
1: hang, chill, whatever. Um, I'm gonna have to say the gym, honestly, because I I probably spend my majority of my time there either for practice extra work before pre work, you know, the gym, I, I love it there.
0: Make this the day your life changes. The all new UFIT Gyms has been created to give you exactly what you need to accelerate your fitness results, including state of the art equipment and a new cross functional turf training area. Enjoy personal training as low as $35 and new small group training classes, including HIT Plus. Take it to the next level with personalized nutrition from Eat Love, along with anywhere, anytime access to UFIT On Demand with over 1,000 workouts. Reach your goals faster at the new UFIT Gyms. You talked about an adjustment just fitting into Miami, new scene, new city, you know, different than than home. What about just adjusting? Uh, You said you kind of made a business decision for yourself. You had, I guess, a year, maybe two. So then what about adjusting to your role on the team? How hard or how long did it take you to kind of find your role last year?
1: I think that's something, you know, transferring. I something I took for granted. I say this a lot. Especially being somewhere for three years prior, you know, you're, you're, you're really going into a new system, going to meet a bunch of people that you've never talked to before, all that good stuff. So for me, as far as basketball, I adjusted around ACC play, like when ACC play started, beginning of January, mid-January. I think that's when I kind of got my footing. Um, I was just trying to know like where I'd fit in, what my identity for this team would be, you know, what kind of they needed from me. I would say, you know, my teammates and coaching staff did a good job of, you know, keeping me uplifted and positive while I was trying to find my footing. Because, I, I mean, I'll be the first to minute. You know, I had a tough beginning of the year last year. Like I said, I took for granted how hard that adjustment would be. What kind of player were you at Mason? A Swiss Army Knife. Uh, I kind of did a little bit of everything. I've definitely improved since Mason. But, yeah, I, I would say it's always a very hard question when people ask me that because I think what I do well is add versatility. Guard one through four, maybe five sometimes, make an open three, this to my teammates, being able to, you know, drive the lane, um, just a little bit of everything. You enjoy that? I do. I really do, honestly. Um, I feel like my basketball IQ has gone up since my freshman year, like thousand percent. And, you know, the game slowed down for me a lot, too. So I just feel a lot more comfortable out there.
0: So as we are taping this one exhibition game, one regular season game, you're about to come up on your second regular season game. How do you see your role? This year will it be any different?
1: I think so, but not too much. I think the biggest ways it'll be different is being able to push the ball up the floor if I get a defensive rebound. That's something I worked on, being able to, you know, just be more comfortable with my ball handling and also just having the ball in my hands a lot more than I did last year. Um, last year, you know, I kind of got into the role of cutting or you know, attacking the offensive glass, getting like putbacks, but I think this year it'll be a lot more of me creating my own shots and being more comfortable putting the ball on the floor. Like I said, you know, just a little bit of everything.
0: I'm going to have you put your analyst hat on. We're going to we'll take you back to your NBC six, Ruthie Polinski, Joe Zagaki days here for a second. We're going to put you on like uh, the jump you mentioned, I think preseason media that you really want to improve your three point shooting. Mm-hmm. Easy, simple, clear, concise, but that's not what I want to know. What I want to know is what does that look like in terms of work?
1: I can tell you this. Honestly and truly, ever since the season ended, I, I, I had some procedures done on my knees because my knees were bothering me, but after that month or so of being out and being able to play again, I spent every day in the gym putting up at least 500 shots and not skipping a day. Um, I believe over the course of the off season, I there was only five days where I didn't shoot a basketball. And that was for like one time I had a family member get married. And there was a wedding. There was no way for me to be able no to
0: no excuse. No excuse. Jordan. Yeah, that's not good. You, you should have done it. <laughs> <laughs> you should have requested a hoop. You should have been one of those people that request take me somewhere before the wedding. I need a gym. Get me in and then I'll come to the wedding.
1: That's the only way I'm coming. That's the only way I'm coming. But the amount of shots that I put in this offseason, the biggest thing for me was just getting my confidence up last year. I would, you know, say I missed my first three. I I probably wouldn't shoot again the rest of that game. You know, just confidence being down. You got to have the Nigel Pack mentality. Right. (laughs) It's funny you say that because me and Nigel are always talking about it, too. We joke. But Uh, Just being consistent in the the reps and getting a certain amount of shots up each day so that when the season comes, you know, it's just muscle memory, A, and two, being able to fall back on all the training that went in this offseason to, you know, always reassure me always to, you know, if I have a bad shooting game, you know, be able to bounce back to the next game and be like, you know, we all have those nights. So this is a
0: very, very, very small sample size. But just from calling the exhibition game, I hope you worked on the corner three.
1: Yes. Corner three was there. It, it was there. It was there. Um, yeah, it worked everywhere. But I, the corner three, I love the corner three. So you also said it was the hardest you've ever worked. True or false? True. hundred um, percent. I spent a lot of late nights in the gym, a lot of early mornings in the gym. This is my last season. I wanted to not have any regrets, being able to just lay it all out on the floor. And so, you know, wherever the cards fall at the end of the season, I can tell myself and be content with, you know, you put the work in, don't feel bad about whatever, or you know, however it goes.
0: And the other thing I wanted to ask you was you made a comment. I don't remember. I think it might've even been when you were at Mason, you said something about that. A lot of people think they know what it's like to play defense in college until they get to college. So how hard is it? And then how do you get good at it? And what do you have to learn?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be honest here. People who say they play good defense in high school have no clue what good defense is, you know. Because when you go to college, everybody's usually five inches taller at each spot, maybe three to five inches taller at each spot. The guys are a lot more matured, especially coming as a freshman. You know, you're going against sophomores, juniors, seniors. So, you know, the bodies are more developed. You get this awakening or you have these moments where you understand like, okay, I didn't really play defense in high school. I thought I did. And everyone at this level was most likely the best player on their team. So their head coach didn't necessarily care if they played good defense or not, you know, because they, they made up so much of it on the offensive side. So, you know, the defensive side kind of gets overlooked.
0: But We got to bust out the plus minus. We got to bust out the plus minus and show it to them.
1: Right, right, right. And so, <laughs> when you get to college, it's like, what's going to get you on the floor is defense. You know, like you, there's so many options, so many people who are good offensively, you know, what's going to make you stand out is defense.
0: And I'm about just understanding offensive concepts, right? Rotations, where to be on the floor, anticipation, et cetera. I imagine that only just comes with reps, film, coaching, et cetera.
1: hundred percent, you know, experience is the best teacher getting to know, you know, how your coach wants you to play defense you know, the style of defense. Um, it's just overall, you know, you, you you realize there's so much more to defense when you step foot on a college campus.
0: I imagine, again, understanding your team, your personnel, etc. This year's team is going to be fun. Like I feel like it's gonna be a fun team to be on and a fun team to watch if you're a fan.
1: 100%. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. This team has been the best team I've been a part of. As far as getting up extra work when you don't have to. Like, for example, practice ends. Everybody, for the most part, I would say 95 to 100% is in the gym after practice is over when they can go home whenever they want, getting up extra reps. And we're a very fast team. We're a very athletic team, you know? So I think all that together just is a recipe for fun, you know, something entertaining, but also, you know, a team that can win some basketball games.
0: What I I just thought about, because, I think it's going to be defensive, pressure trapping, steals, up and down, shots up. I just thought Z better be in good shape this year. <laughs> hey, listen, when he's going through the line on the road, you better swipe that bacon out of his hand. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. All
0: right. Better
1: moment last year, the game winner at CUSE or BC? I would say BC, just because the stakes were higher. Uh, it was the ACC tournament. Uh, we really wanted to win. At that point, we were trying to solidify our bid for the NCAA tournament. And each game was like, okay, we need this one. We need this one. We need this one. And, you know, getting a chance to play Duke the next game after beating BC led us to having an even better chance. You know, if you beat them, then we're definitely in kind of thing. So I would say Boston College for sure, just because the stakes were a lot higher. Pretty good pass on that one a hundred percent a dime honestly and we practice it every day in practice uh coach I talked about in the in the presser um the Celtic drills what we call it so it was just like a another rep I I trusted Charlie Moore with that pass more um just because I, I I've seen him do it a thousand times all right the elite eight
0: I want you to describe what it's like not the game to be on that stage to be
1: one of eight you you find yourself trying to be grateful but at the same time still hungry you know you try to soak it all in it's crazy because it was my first time being in the tournament you know so to have that success obviously blessed thankful you really get a chance to know what it feels like to be big time quote unquote because there's cameras everywhere interviews everywhere you know we're seeing people like Grant Hill Reggie Miller you know NBA legends all over You're the main focus point because you're all that's left college basketball. So, you know, you really get you really get a chance to feel like what it's like to be in the spotlight change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion both are possible
0: at the University of Miami's division of continuing and international education the division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents visit miami.edu/dcie to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you. All right, last couple things, Jordan. We'll let you go. You've been awesome. You mentioned Grant Hill. So the great Alexander Jacob Schwartz has a nugget, a stat on you. Do you know it?
1: Not off the top of my head.
0: Okay, so do you know that last year you were one of six in the last 30 years in the ACC to do this? 10 points, 56% from the field, one and a half steals. you want to know who the other guys are? Talk to me. Grant Hill, Zion Williamson, Sheldon Williams, Elton Brand, and Joe Smith. That's a pretty impressive group.
1: I would say so. (laughs) That's crazy. I, I remember hearing that, but I don't think I processed it as much as I did now. Man, I mean, it's an honor. Uh, I just try to play my, my heart out each game. Uh, I just want to win basketball games at the end of the day. And
0: so here's, here's the plan, Jordan, you got to get to the final four and you got to go up to grand Hill and say, you and me have something in common, big dog.
1: <laughs> How about at the national championship? Cause that's all that's, that's, that's what all, all of our eyes are set on.
0: All right. No problem. And now here's a, here's one little spinoff from that. Again, from the great Alexander Jacob Schwartz last year, Three players in college basketball accomplished that feat. Ten points, one and a half steals, 56% shooting from the field. And guess what? Two of them are on your team this year. Well, actually, one of your teammates is one of those three.
1: It's got to be Norchad.
0: Yes, it is. It was you, Norchad, and the big guy from Kentucky.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm not surprised Norchad's on that list. He's a beast.
0: He is a beast.
1: Mm-hmm. What did you
0: think when you saw him the first time? You heard about him and then you saw his bot, like you just saw him, and you're like, What'd you are like what would
1: you what you think? Yeah, I was like, uh, there's I didn't get I haven't seen I didn't see him play yet, so I'm just letting that be known. I was like, Yeah, he's definitely gonna be a big piece to offense, you
0: know? <laughs> All right, so we started with the commencement, we got to end with the commencement. So name of your high school?
1: Loudon Valley High
0: School. Loudon Valley, I don't want to mess that up. All right, so you win a state championship back in the day, and then you are asked to be One of, or the commencement speaker this year? The commencement speaker. All right, so who calls you? How do you find out? And then what is your instant reaction?
1: This was after the season. And I get a call from my old principal, uh, Miss Ross, Sue Ross. And she's like, hey, Jordan, I just want to congratulate you on the season. It was so cool being able to see you on TV, on the NCAA tournament, and all that good stuff. And she was like, For the longest time, I was trying to figure out who I want to be the commencement speaker at the graduation this year. And I'm kind of like thinking, like, where is this going right now? You know what I mean? And she said, I was sitting and I remember watching your game and I was like, Jordan would be the perfect commencement speaker. And so she didn't ask me yet. Right. So I'm kind of sitting on the phone like she didn't ask. But is she implying that she wants me to be the commencement speaker? So eventually, obviously, goes on. She's like, hey, um, I don't need an answer right now, but we would love for you to come back and be the commencement speaker at graduation. Um, You know, take some time. Think about it. Get back to me within this week and, um, you know, see where you want to go with it. And at first, my initial thought was no. I was like, no, there's too many people. I'm not a fan not yet, maybe another time.
0: Too many people, what do you mean? Too many people that could do it or too many people that you'd be speaking in front of? In, in front of,
1: right? And so I'm not gonna lie, that, that did kind of shine me.
0: Because so so I would imagine, I imagine it probably gone like this. She invites you or implies or whatever. You say yes, right? Then you hang up the phone and then you go, oh crap. I got to <laughs> give a speech in front of a lot of people.
1: Right, and I'm, at first I was like, no. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want to miss out on this opportunity um, so then I eventually end up telling her yes. And that's where that kind of comes in after like the day after. I'm sitting here like, Oh, I, I gotta I totally deliver now. I gotta deliver now. You know what I, I better I mean? come through. they don't
0: I don't want those kids going, man, that Jordan Miller, he was boring. I didn't really like what he had to say. A hundred percent, no doubt. There was pressure, right? You had to feel pressure.
1: Yeah, I would say not necessarily pressure. I think you wanted to how about this? You wanted to deliver. Exactly. Who helped you with the speech? Someone had to help. Some of my old high school teachers um, that I was really close with, I wrote it up myself and then they kind of came through, you know, had some ideas, had some thoughts, you know, what they did like, what they didn't like. And then that's kind of how the whole process went down. How'd it go? Like, and as you can, if
0: you can kind of take yourself out of your body and look at yourself giving the speech, how, how do you think you did?
1: I'm always hard on myself. You know, I'm my biggest critic. I think I did okay. I think I did okay. Everybody else said I did really good.
0: Of course they did.
1: Right? I asked them, I was like, Would you tell me if I didn't do good though? You know what I mean? Right.
0: What was like the last thing? What was like the lasting message? If you, you know, for someone that wasn't there, give me the Jordan Miller commencement speech for dummies.
1: Right. My, my central message or the theme of my speech was to just keep moving forward. Um, No no matter what happens in life, you know, there's going to be ups and downs. Just keep pushing Um, whatever you want to be in life. The only person stopping you is the person that you look at every day in the mirror.
0: I like it. Very good. And if they smile like you, you're, you're, you're golden.
1: <laughs> All right. Listen,
0: dude, it was, I appreciate you doing this. You definitely have a career in this field and uh, look for, honestly, I think you guys are going to be a lot. Really? The word I use is fun. Obviously winning is fun, but I think you guys are gonna be a really fun team to watch. And I hope people get out there and, and, and take it in. Cause I think it's going to be, it's going to be up and down and it's going to be exciting.
1: A hundred percent. And I appreciate you having me on today. Pleasure's been mine.
0: You got it, Jordan, have a good night. Thanks, bud.
1: Yes, sir. You too.